Bibles this morning, you might want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Before we uh, get into our lesson this morning, though, uh, I want us to go to God in prayer. And, of course, we've got several who are sick, but in particular, we think about Sister Ann Urquhart, who is going to begin her uh, treatments for cancer tomorrow. And, of course, uh, Pam Keaton is always on our minds and in our thoughts and prayers. And I just want us to go to God in prayer on their behalf. Will you please bow with me at this time? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful and thankful for opportunities such as today when we can come and assemble as your people to worship you in spirit and in truth. This time, Father, we, we think about several of our number who are sick, going through very trying and difficult times. Uh, we pray for Sister Ann Urquhart as she is scheduled to begin her cancer treatments tomorrow. We pray for the effect, effectiveness of those treatments, and we pray that uh, everything that is being done for her uh, can be done so that she can be restored to her health. Of course, we ask your blessings on behalf of Lonnie and Pam Keaton. Uh, we pray that you'll be with Pam. We pray that you'll continue to watch over her and and bless her, Father, as only you can. Uh, we ask that uh, the doctors that are attending to her needs would do those things that are most helpful for her. And we pray that uh, Pam especially would continue to uh, be encouraged, that she would draw strength from you and your word. Father, please bless all of us. We're all weak and sinful. We all fall short of what we need to be and ought to be. And, Father, we're thankful for uh, all you've done for us, and especially the giving of your son who gave his life on the cross for our sins. Be with us the remaining part of our service, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Of course, Matthew chapter 7 is a great part of God's word. And last week we talked about three things that we can learn from Matthew chapter 7, lessons for living and this concludes the, the greatest uh, sermon, perhaps, that's ever been preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And, of course, last week uh, we talked about, for example, uh, we talked about, for example, uh, the dangers of judging. And uh, I'm not going to be looking back at that screen anymore. If they want to change it back there, they can. Our monitor's out. Everything else is working well, so... I'm not going to be looking back at the screen, but we talked about the dangers of judging, and here we're not talking about how all judging is wrong, but we emphasize the kind of judging the Lord is condemning here is the kind of fault-finding judgment, that harsh, critical attitude that we have toward other people when we ourselves may be guilty of the same thing. Not only, though, did we talk about uh, judging, we talked about praying to God, the one that hears our prayers. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Now, what if God answered all your prayers tomorrow? Would you wanted to have prayed more today? What if God gave you everything tomorrow that you thanked him for today, would you wish you would have prayed more? We need to be praying people. There's power in prayer. 
And then we talked about that verse of Matthew 7 and verse 12, the golden rule, treating other people with respect. And we emphasize the importance of encouraging one another. We are to exhort one another daily. And it's so important that we reach out to one another, that we be there for one another, that we encourage one another that we treat other people like we would like to be treated. In the next place, though, as we look at this particular text of Matthew chapter 7, the Lord emphasizes here that there's just two ways that we can travel. There's just two highways that we can travel in a spiritual sense. There is the right way and there is the wrong way. There's the way of good, there's the way of evil. There's the way that ultimately leads to heaven when this life is over. And there is that road that leads to eternal destruction. And every responsible person is on one of those roads or another. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 of our text, Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. You might think for a moment about that wide gate and that broad way. And I might point out this morning that That wide gate is very, very easy to enter. You can take into that gate absolutely anything that you desire. You can take all of your lust, all of your evil appetites and desires, anything that you wish, any lifestyle that you want to live, you can do absolutely anything anything and everything to your heart's desire, and there is going to be plenty of room for you to go through that wide gate. Over in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9, the wise man gives some encouragement as well as warning. He says, rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth, Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your own eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. In other words, we can do what we please. We can live like we choose. Anything goes. You can do anything that you desire. You can believe what you want. And you can have a lot of company that will go with you through that wide gate. Jesus said there's a lot of folks, many, our Lord says, that's going to pass through that wide gate. He says many there be that go in thereat. You know, you can look around at that broad gate and and you can see multitudes of individuals living as they choose. Doing as they please. Just look at our 
culture. Look at our society today. We see people that we work with on a daily basis, people that we attend school with, people that we consider our friends and neighbors, and many people are just living as they please, no regard for God and his authority and what he says in his word, and many are passing through that wide gate. Now, we ought to realize the Bible says in Exodus 23 and verse 2, you shall not follow a multitude to do evil. And that broad way, even though it's entered into very easily, even though it's wide enough that anybody can travel that way and have lots of company, the Bible says that broad way is a way that leads to destruction. In other words, live like you please. Do what you choose. But ultimately, living a life of self-fulfillment, living a life with no regard for God and, and His Word and what He desires for your life, ultimately, while that road may bring pleasure... That pleasure is temporary in nature. It won't last. And the end result of that destiny, Jesus says, is eternal destruction. But you know, the Lord also talks about how we can travel the straight gate and the narrow way. And you see, this is a choice that we make in life. We choose the road that we're going to travel. Now, that straight gate is the way that leads to that narrow way. And that straight gate means for us to enter inside, we have to submit ourselves to God and to his will for our lives. I think the Lord here is talking about how that we make that decision to become a Christian. We choose to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and of course, we do that when we're willing to repent. We're willing to give up that old way of life, recognizing where it's going to end, understanding the tremendous joy and blessings of serving our great God, and we're willing to change our life, do away with that, those sinful habits, that lifestyle that's contrary to God's will. We obey the gospel of Jesus Christ by being baptized into Christ, and we begin traveling that narrow way. That's why Ephesians 4 and verse 22 uses the language that we are to put off that old man. But you see, it's not just obeying the gospel. We have to change the way we think. We have to change our attitude. We have to change the way that we conduct ourselves. That way, the Bible says, is narrow. It's not an easy road to travel at all. In fact, the Bible emphasizes time and time again that there's going to be difficulties. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, the Lord said, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. It's difficult to travel that narrow way. 
It's going to require some faithful effort on our part. It's going to require self-denial. It's going to require great focus, keeping our eyes on the goal, as the Hebrew writer said in chapter 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You see, we can't do what pleases us anymore. Instead, we have the attitude that Jesus had when he said, I do always those things that please him. Of course, our our adversary, Satan, is always there trying to take us off that narrow way and we have to continually resist him and resist his his temptations. It's not easy to travel down that narrow way. And we need to understand that not nearly everybody is traveling down that way. The Bible says few there be that find it. Now, that might be an encouragement to you in some way this morning. You know, when you're living your life day after day, and it seems like that everybody around you doesn't want to live like you want to live, They're living by their own standards. They're doing what pleases their own hearts. And yet you're consciously and diligently striving to walk in that narrow way. We ought to realize that that straight gate and that narrow way is traveled by few in contrast to the many. And it might be encouraging to you to know that that you're doing something very special. You're living a unique kind of life. You're living a a lifestyle that brings glory and honor to the Father. You are not your own, Paul said, but you're bought with a price. Therefore, we're to glorify God in our body and in our spirits, which are God's. You know, over in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, The Bible talks about how that few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Can you imagine that? Of all the population of the world back in the days of Noah, only eight people out of the world's population were walking that narrow way. And folks, when the Lord comes back, and he most certainly will, We need to understand, unlike many think today, that there's going to be few rather than many that enter into that straight gate. And if we're not entering into that straight gate, if we're not traveling that narrow way that leads to eternal life, We need to remove those obstacles that may be hindering us out of our way. And we need to determine to refocus our efforts. And we need to resolve that once again we're going to travel that narrow way because Jesus said it leads to life. Now it's the difficult road to travel for a few years that we live here upon this earth. But think about the results. 
being with God, being with the redeemed of all ages throughout eternity. But you see, every person here and every responsible person throughout the world is traveling down one of those two roads. But in the fifth place, though, the Lord talked about how we need to be aware of false prophets. He said in verse 15, beware. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I take those signs seriously. When I see the word beware, maybe it's beware of the dog. I'm going to take their word for it. I've had some encounters that uh, really scared me to death through my life. And when I see the word beware, I'm going to take note of what I need to be aware of. And here the Lord says, beware, not of the dog, but beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit. A corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Now, we need to understand that false prophets are those that claim to be prophets. These are individuals that appear to be good. They appear to be righteous. They appear to be very holy. And one reason why many people find it difficult to travel down that narrow way is because they've been led astray. They've been deceived by false prophets. I'm convinced today there are false prophets even in the church of our Lord. We have a number of churches today. And I wouldn't say that their number is really on the increase. It's not something that is happening at a rapid pace. But it is happening and I think it will continue to increase as a respect for God's word and its authority is rejected. We have folks that see nothing wrong with instrumental music and worship. I think about preachers and good churches that I'm aware of. There's uh, a couple of preachers that I know of in good churches that will no longer teach and preach what the Bible says regarding marriage, divorce, and remarriage. As one of those preachers put it, It's just too controversial of an issue. So it's just better to avoid it. But as one great preacher of old said one time, those things that we refuse to preach on today will arise to haunt us again. And one reason why the church is in the situation that it's in today. One reason why many are compromising what the Bible says on the roles of women in leadership and instrumental music and worship. One reason is because we've been too silent for too long. We failed to preach and teach on what God says we need to do. We failed to preach the whole counsel of God. Now, it's possible for an individual to preach the truth every time he 
stands up before people and yet fail to preach the whole counsel of God. And so we need to see the importance of being aware of false prophets. We need to be aware of making sure that we demand a thus saith the Lord for what we teach and for what we practice. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13, the Bible even says that Satan can be transformed into an angel of light. That's why we're encouraged in 1 John 4 and verse 1 to not believe every spirit. But you try the spirits, test them, whether they be of God, because John says many false prophets have gone out into the world. And we need to remember what our Lord said in Matthew 7 and verse 21, that it's not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, that will enter the kingdom of heaven, but it's the one who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. And so let's be aware of the fact that it's easy to get caught up in culture. It's easy to get caught up in uh, what's going on in our society today. You know, there's an attitude of condoning sin. There's an attitude of postmodernism, an attitude of, you know, who are we to say that this is sin or this is sin? Who are we to condemn an action of somebody else? We need to be aware that what the Bible says is true and what the Bible says is right. And I know our kids and kids sing say that saying that right is always right and wrong is always wrong. That's not a popular saying in our culture today at all. Because our culture uh, says that there's nothing you can say that's really wrong. There's nothing you can absolutely say that's, that's right. It just depends upon the individual. But let's understand that we need to believe the truth of God's word. And we need to avoid being deceived by false prophets. Our Lord said they're ravening wolves ready to devour. Quickly, though, as we close, our Lord talked about and stressed the importance of doing what he says. In the scripture reading this morning that John read, he talked about the wise man. And Jesus said, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'm going to liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon the rock, on that solid foundation of God's word. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew. It beat upon that house and it did not fall for it was founded upon the rock. That's who we need to strive to be like. We need to strive to hear what God says and do what God says. And if we'll do that, we're in good shape. But then Jesus went on to say, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken him unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, floods came, winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell. But then notice the Lord said, Great was the fall of it. You know, 
all of us, I think, would be characterized as hearers of the word. But the question for us today is, are we wise hearers or are we foolish hearers? A wise hearer will hear what God says and do what God says because he is the creator. He has all authority. A foolish individual, Jesus says, is one that also hears. You see, the wise and the foolish both hear the same thing, but the foolish ignore what God says. They do what they want. They do what's appealing to them. They want to cater to culture and society and and do what seems to be the easiest way to go. And Jesus said, ultimately, that's going to lead to a great fall. James warns us in James 1 and verse 22 that we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only, thus deceiving ourselves. You know, James says in James 1 and verse 25 that whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, he hears. He continues therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We need to make sure that we are doing what the Lord said in the way that the Lord said to do it. Because, folks, one day the rains will descend. One day the floods will come. One day it's going to be very difficult for us. But we have the assurance, if we do what the Lord says, that we can withstand those storms. And we know there's going to be ultimately the storm of death. Ultimately, one day we're going to stand before God in judgment. And the only way that we can withstand those things that come our way is to be in compliance and in obedience to the will of God. So I'll close our lesson today by just simply asking you the question. Which road are you traveling You're traveling one way or the other. Which road right now are you traveling? And if you were to continue traveling down the road that you are currently on, where are you ultimately going to end up? Do you realize the importance of eternal things? Do you realize the importance of Living your life in a way so that you can be with God forever in heaven. Do you understand that the things of this life are passing and fleeting and one day everything we see round about us will be no more? I hope today you'll think about your life. You'll think about your attitude. Maybe you haven't begun even traveling that narrow way because you're yet outside of Christ. You've never obeyed the gospel. But this morning, you can make that decision to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can be baptized into Christ based upon your faith in him as the son of God and your willingness to change your life. You can know the joy of salvation. And you can leave this building a New Testament Christian. This morning, the invitation